the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Uh, I'm joined now by Representative Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? You're where I can't hear you. You see, you Packers fans don't know how to work the volume, do you? I'm here. Can you hear me? Now we can hear you. So someone had okay. to help you out there. I knew you'd be wearing that piece of propaganda this morning. You're just very lucky you don't have to face Baker because of the referees in the NFL. Well, listen, I actually think you guys got robbed on that Higgins fumble. That's we got hosed. Cool. I don't understand it. But, and this is a big but, when you're facing a third and 14 and you allow old man Chad Henney to run for 13 and a half yards, you have no one to blame but yourself, Hugh. I, I'm and with you on that. And I do not, I, I stand with Coach Stefanski's decision to punt, but I saw the Andy Reid go for the it. Year. Coach of the year, punting yeah. with everything on the line. Analytics, sometimes you got to toss the analytics out. Andy Reid did not consult analytics when he went for it on fourth. Uh, in any event, congratulations. And let me get to the serious stuff. Yesterday, your friend and mine, Mike Pompeo, declared genocide in China. Now, that passed with a lot of people paying a lot of attention, a lot of people not even noting it. What do you think is the importance of that, Congressman? Well, it's significant for a number of reasons, and I think it's a long overdue step, one that I hope other countries follow. Uh, Back in August, the Biden campaign actually released a statement calling the CCP's actions in Xinjiang genocide. And I was glad to see that the incoming Secretary of State nominee, Tony Blinken, endorsed the genocide determination during his nomination hearing yesterday. So point one would be that this is a hopeful sign that there's bipartisan support behind this. Um, And I stand ready to work with anyone that is committed to deterring the Chinese Communist Party. The second reason I think it's very significant, Hugh, is that it really does send a message to Wall Street and to private industry and a lot of big multinational companies that might have uh, supply chains and sources of labor that lead back to Xinjiang, China. And I think the message we need to send from the Hill, particularly at a time when a lot of People in the financial industry are uh, investing heavily in so-called ESG investing, the idea you want you know, to invest in things that are environmentally friendly, sustainable. Um, we want the G actually to come to stand for genocide. And for any company that has a supply chain that leads back to China, they need to be clear out about the fact that they may be abetting genocide and that is fundamentally unacceptable. Now, Congressman, um... There have been efforts to limit the consequences of the genocide determination to people whose product lines only run to Xinjiang province. Uh, and, and I say to myself, would that have been the case if there were no concentration camps in Bavaria that you could have dealt with Germany if it was a Bavarian factory as opposed to a factory that was near a different uh, uh, concentration death camp? Why are we making that 
distinction when it comes to the People's Republic of China. The entire economy is one economy. It's an authoritarian economy. Well, I think it's going to become increasingly difficult to make that distinction. If I had to hazard a guess why, it's because our economy is so thoroughly intertwined with that of China's that a complete and immediate decoupling would be painful for a lot of American businesses. I think it's going to take the work of a decade to selectively decouple our supply chain and key parts of our economy from China. Uh, I will, however, say uh, I think our biggest lesson learned from the pandemic is that there are very real dangers to being dependent on China for the manufacturing of basic goods. If for no other reason you can't trust the Chinese Communist Party, and look no further than the fact that, you know, a year into this, we are still struggling to get access to the laboratories in China where this virus may have emerged. China is denying the WHO team access they need to go to their level four biosafety lab, which just happens to be located uh, in Wuhan, uh, where the outbreak of this virus occurred. And without getting that, you know, clear assessment of what happened at the outbreak of this pandemic, we are going to be in a bad position to prevent future pandemics. And so the regime is growing more emboldened even a year after it unleashed a devastating virus upon the world, not less emboldened. And I fear that we're going to see more of that over the next four years. And all businesses are going to have to make some very, very tough choices uh, if they have supply chains that go back to Beijing. Now, Congressman, there's a Washington Post story this morning. China turbocharges bid to discredit Western vaccine spread virus conspiracy theories. The most recent one being that uh, hot buns brought the new virus in from outside. Um, ought Twitter and Facebook to be shutting this down? I, I believe this is actually inimical to the world to allow this to go on. Ought Facebook and Twitter to shut down this propaganda? Well, in the midst of the pandemic in March, when Facebook and Twitter were allowing CCP apparatchiks to spread earlier conspiracy theories such that the United States Army was responsible for the outbreak of the virus, I wrote a letter to at Jack telling him that at a minimum he should kick Chinese officials off his platform. And I think the simple standard should be if a foreign government does not allow their own citizens access to the platform then its government officials should not have access to the platform in order to spread dangerous propaganda and dangerous conspiracy theories. And I think particularly at a time when these platforms are shutting down the president of the United States, the American people see an obvious double standard, one that's deeply dangerous and inimical to, to Western values and really harms the United States in the immediate and harms American values uh, over the long term. So I would really urge at Jack and all these other tech bros to reconsider their policies. And I would point out what Tony Blinken said yesterday means this is not a partisan issue. This extends from Team Biden to Team Trump, from Mike Pompeo to Tony Blinken. They are all unified that China is committing genocide. Therefore, I don't know how Silicon Valley doesn't take notice of this, Mike. It's like turning their eyes away from uh, the Auschwitz. It's there. They know it's there. They've got to do something with their platforms. Yeah, and I think particularly just given, uh, you know, the way in which Silicon Valley likes to lecture the rest of the world on, on doing no evil and, and, you know, their their morality, I think this is the obvious thing that is staring them in the face. And again, I just go back to this issue and, and former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster had a great op-ed in the Washington Post today about how much of uh, Trump's legacy, particularly as it pertains to China, there is for the Biden team 
to build off of. And so much of the work that I've done uh, on the Armed Services Committee has been bipartisan work. And so I just really would urge Biden's national security team not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, not to get rid of the solid foundation, which is a foundation you can build off of. I was disappointed, however, that yesterday in um, General Austin's uh, Senate hearing, uh, with the exception of our mutual friend and second fastest man in Congress, Tom Cotton, uh, the questioning really failed to hone in on key issues, China foremost among them, civil military relations a close second. And so, you know, I really hope in the confirmation process, members of Congress, particularly in the Senate, because we don't play in the confirmation process in the House, except with Austin, where we'll have to change the underlying law to grant him a waiver uh, because he's a recently retired general. I really hope we use this opportunity to press the incoming Biden administration on the China issue, because it is the most important issue. It's not just a foreign policy issue. It is a domestic issue. As we started this conversation, it has dramatic implications for our domestic economy. The biggest lesson learned of the pandemic, beyond the fact that people need to work, is the fact that you can't trust the CCP. Now, Congressman, I want to go to your your role as co-chairman of the Cyber Solarium, uh, the gathering officials, bipartisan, you and Angus King, uh, independent of Maine, who caucuses with the Democrats, Senator King, chaired that. And so you know a lot about the the cyber war. Parler became a preferred alternative for many conservatives. It also became a preferred alternative for many crazy people. And Parler was taken down as a result of the latter uh, and injured conservatives as a result as well. They are now standing back up on Russian servers. I am very leery uh, and will uh, and will have to reconsider participation in anything on Russian servers. Do you agree with that caution? I agree 100 percent. You just have to assume that anything you say or do uh, is compromised, although it's a social media platform. So you're sort of inherently putting it out. Uh, into the world no matter what, but particularly at a time when we just saw perhaps the biggest hack in human history uh, of uh, private sector and public sector networks in America by uh, purportedly a Russian entity, I think they should give caution to anybody of, you know, of being on parlor if they're going to run it through Russian servers. And uh, I would not speak for him, but I would, I would venture to guess that my good friend Angus King who, by the way, is welcome to caucus with the Republicans in the new Senate. If, if he chooses, I assume there's just an open door uh, and a and great- And Joe Manchin, you betcha. And Kirsten Sinema. She could be the vice presidential candidate in four years. You bet. Uh, but I venture to say uh, he agrees. And by the way, just a shameless plug, uh, with the passage of the NDAA, uh, we passed the biggest and most consequential cyber legislation in American history. And that's a result of the good work of the commission under Angus's leadership and with the hard work of our staff, including Admiral Mark Montgomery. And so I'm very excited. And a lot of what we passed would have directly affected the solar winds hack and potentially put us in a position to prevent that hack going forward. And that's another area where I've already talked to the incoming Biden team, where there's a lot of bipartisanship and we can build off a lot of the successes of the last four years. So please, I urge them, do not throw out all the progress that we've made, particularly on cyber. And a last quick question. I don't know the answer to this. Would participation of Parler on Russian servers open the people using those accounts to the export from those servers of malware? I just don't know. That's a good question, Hugh. Um, 
I do not want to give you an answer. I don't fully know the answer to it right now. My instinct is yes, uh, but I'd have to consult with my my team of cyber nerds that I now keep uh, on standby at all hours when you I You should ask them. I really am afraid that it it's a vulnerability, and so your nerds are necessary at this moment. Like the Browns' defense, it is a huge vulnerability uh, and a tragic and fatal one. Uh, at that. We will so. be we will be repairing that vulnerability in the off season. We will see you in the postseason next year if Old Man Rogers can keep going. Ben, you saw what happened to Big Ben. He fell apart. These guys' arms fall off when they get to be forty. Mike, I hope you enjoy your last run. I will. I mean, hey, Rogers is the MVP, so uh, I can't complain with the results. Time to go got. out on top. Remember, it's always time to go out on top. Thank you, Congressman Mike Gallagher. Follow him at Rep Gallagher. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.